biology is, is definitely probably very like the most challenging because it's so unpredictable when when you feel that you fully understood it it comes back with a vengeance and it's like haha look i have another arm that i could punch you in the face with hello 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 and welcome to episode 72 of the afternoon tea podcast where we chat with the founders of canada's most interesting and successful companies I'm Chris Hobbs, founder and president of TTT Studios, a Canadian software innovation studio headquartered here in beautiful Vancouver, BC, Canada. We've had some amazing guests over season five, including a great chat last week with Steve Irvin of Integrate AI. But right now, I'm excited about today's guest, Tamar Mohammed of Aspect Biosystems. We'll also hear from Michael Souza telling us a little bit about this week's Canadian startup we love, Single Key. So thanks for joining us to listen to Tamar chat about learning to be humble in the face of power of biology and how they're using a stealth fighter to combat diabetes there at Aspect Biosystems. So please don't forget to like, subscribe, or do all those things we podcasters love. But now, let's introduce the Tamar Mohammed. Tamar is the co-founder and CEO of Aspect Biosystems. Under his leadership, Aspect has secured significant funding, entered strategic collaborations with best-in-class pharmaceutical and biotechnology companies, and developed multiple commercial products. In his previous appointment as CTO, that's the Chief Technology Officer of the company, Tamar drove the innovation and development of the company's core technologies and intellectual property. As a leader in the field of 3D bioprinting, he has been invited to speak at this topic at venues ranging from TEDx to industry scientific and executive conferences. In 2017, he was awarded BC's Top 40 Under 40 for award for demonstrating excellence in business, judgment, leadership, and community contribution. Tamar serves on the board of directors of AceTech, a nonprofit training and mentoring organization for CEOs of technology and life sciences companies. Tamar holds an impressive collection of degrees in biomedical, electrical, and computer engineering from my alma mater, the University of British Columbia. Tamar, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. Looking forward to it. Well, this is fun. Now, I have to apologize beforehand because typically we're in the uh, the TTT studio recording, but I am in Seoul, South Korea. It is 3.44 a.m. in the morning. And I don't have tea in here. I'm going to have to drink water. So I hope you're, you've got something at least warm to make up for here. But you know what? Let's just go right to the nitty gritty and the brass tacks. Can you please tell me about the origin story of Aspect Biosystems? Yeah, happy to. Uh, so Aspect uh, was uh, was born at UBC. Uh, and mm -hmm. so uh, uh, I had the great pleasure of uh, working with my co-founders, uh, Conrad Wallace, uh, Simon uh, Bayer, uh, and Sam Wadsworth to, to really form uh, the company. Uh, so maybe we could go even way back to sort of uh, my undergraduate studies, because that's really where I think uh, the inspiration uh, really all started. And so, mm -hmm. so I'm an engineer sort of at, at heart. And so uh, started kind of my training as an electrical computer engineer. Um, and, and that's really where uh, the focus was sort of building electrical and computer systems. So using resistors and capacitors to build electrical systems, using ones and zeros to build computer systems. Near mm -hmm. the end of my sort of undergraduate degree, I, I was... Uh, started to get a lot more exposed to the world of biology and mm -hmm. and, and and just understanding how uh, fast biology was really developing. And, and we've gotten to a point where we essentially 
understand the human body down to sort of these building blocks that we can now use to engineer uh, uh, living systems. And so this idea that instead of ones and zeros and capacitors and resistors, we could actually use cells uh, as building blocks to engineer systems kind of blew my mind. And so it's mm. engineering the non-living, could we engineer the living? Um, mm -hmm. and, and, so, uh, and so that led me into sort of graduate studies research that was uh, focused really on sort of bioengineering tissues using our 3D printing technology. And so that's really where I got introduced to uh, to Simon Beyer and, and Conrad Wallace, uh, mm -hmm. out of the Faculty of Applied Sciences at UBC. And really what we focus on doing is uh, developing a technology capable of taking these cellular building blocks, building different tissues. And, and we felt if we could do that, uh, that could have a, a tremendous impact. Uh, this just idea of creating tissues and, and maybe even eventually uh, organ level sort of functions and being able to replace a function inside of the body that has been lost due to disease. We knew that if we could uh, achieve this sort of, uh, uh, I would say, goal, it, it would be transformative in, in so many different ways. And so spent a good amount of years at UBC refining that technology. And then in uh, uh, 2014, we really started to think of uh, how, how do we actually bring this to the world? And, and, and that led us to sort of entrepreneurship. And so mm -hmm. it started with uh, uh, sort of riding the engineering bus and then stopping somewhere, riding the next biological bus and then stopping and, and then taking sort of the entrepreneurial bus. And mm -hmm. you need multiple of these buses to get to your final destination. And, and so uh, so that's kind of the story in terms of just a recognition that, the, that marrying these sort of areas of, of engineering with biology and, and marrying that with sort of a, a, a business mindset could allow mm -hmm. us to truly uh, um, capture that value, scale that value, and, and bring it to patients. And so, so aspect was born out of that uh, sort of story. Well, that that that's so cool. I mean, I I I have to do my, or I have to admit, I had to do lots of homework here because what you are doing is so unique to this world and unique to me. Uh, and I and I love to educate myself in terms of you know what what uh, the, the the technologies are and the the three D bioprinting, like the the whole concept of it was you know besides Hollywood magic is, is, is very new to me and, and, and very interesting. So can you tell me what the benefits of 3d bioprinting are? Yeah. So, uh, in, in our body, we are sort of made up of, of cells, but, but those cells are organized into different structures, tissues, and, and those tissues are, are organized, uh, into, uh, into organs. And, and of course we need these different organs to, to live and function mm -hmm. as, as a human being. Um, and so really what the 3d bioprinting allows us to do is to take those cellular building blocks and to start to build those kind of higher ordered uh, sort of uh, um, uh, living systems. And so we can begin to take cells and combine them with all of the other ingredients that that we need those cells to survive in and, and grow in uh, and build essentially these sort of functional tissues that we could then uh, implant into the body to replace damaged organ functions. And so our goal isn't necessarily to create uh, uh, organs or even tissues that look exactly like they do inside of the body. What we're looking mm -hmm. at is actually trying to take organ functions that have been lost and then looking at ways that we could harness the power of cells and biology, 3D print a tissue that could be implanted. It may be implanted somewhere uh, that is not even near the damaged organ, but implanted mm -hmm. in a way uh, that uh, allows uh, that tissue to function properly uh, and 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 sort of uh, replace that damaged organ function. So an example is <coughs> our our pancreatic tissues uh, for type one diabetes. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. So type one diabetes is uh, a a sort of global uh, um, sort of epidemic, and 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 so mm -hmm. uh, when you look at type one diabetes, 
Uh, type 1 diabetes, global epidemic uh, in the U.S. affects over 1.5 million people who are living with this uh, with this disease. And, and so that's mm -hmm. a scenario where essentially the immune system has attacked all of the cells uh, in, in the body that are responsible for sensing glucose and releasing insulin. Mm -hmm. And so those cells are called islets. And so type 1 diabetics don't have enough islets to control uh, um, uh, blood glucose. And so they have to rely on insulin injections uh, or insulin mm -hmm. pumps. Uh, and usually that disease is diagnosed at very, very young age. So uh, you're living uh, most of your life uh, uh, in, in, in a very difficult way and, and relying on insulin injections. Uh, mm -hmm. And so what we're doing an aspect for that particular problem is we're using our 3D printing technology, printing uh, those islets uh, in an environment that allows them to sort of uh, thrive and, and function, protect them from the immune system so that the immune system doesn't attack them. We almost put them in sort of a, a stealth fighter jets where uh, the, the fighter jet can't get detected by the radar system implanted mm -hmm. to, into the body uh, and, and and essentially have that tissue self-regulate. So uh, self-regulate the glucose levels so patients mm -hmm. don't have to rely on insulin injections. Um, and so so that would be a game changer uh, in, in, Completely. in the field. Um, and we've been able to do this in animals now and are moving towards first in human over the, the next few years. Um, and so it really sort of uh, allows us to take that sci-fi big vision and, and now starting to turn that into reality. Um, mm -hmm. but, but that's really where the 3D printing comes in, into place, harnessing the power of biology, using that biology to build living systems, implanting those living systems to either bridge to recovery or replace damage function or repair function that has been lost inside of the body. Um, but essentially using the power of biology to essentially engineer new tissues uh, to either uh, repair or, or potentially even augment specific functions inside of the body that have been lost or, 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 or uh, malfunctioning due to disease. That's that's incredible. I mean, we're we're I know so many people who are we're touched by type one diabetes, and it's such an it's such an awful you know um, challenge in their lives. And if you can, if you can create this, you print it. And I mean, I love the idea of saying you know it's not really going to do to replace the pancreas true, but it'll be almost like an attachment to or somewhere somewhere in there that'll that'll have the same bio you know biological um, advantages of having a healthy one. Um, I. I Honestly, I, I salute you and whatever you can do. I'm 100 behind it. I have 100% behind it. I mean, I'm a type two diabetic. I recognize that I can't eat in the Nanaimo bar, but at the end of the day, it won't kill me in, you know, in, in the same way. Um, but I'm, you know, um, I've come to learn to respect health and, 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 and the, the needs, but at the same time, you know, with the, having to have the daily needles and all that, if you can, if you can replace, especially in children, which is such a challenge just to be normal. Uh, I mean, normalcy is what you're aimed for, which is, which is such a beautiful thing. Well, is Aspect the first company to, to do this 3D bioprinting or, or, um, or at least in the specific way, what, what separates it? Yeah, so Aspect is, is certainly sort of one of one of the pioneers, uh, but uh, but I would say uh, it's it's been a space that has uh, uh, based on on sort of the progress that that we're making, uh, really been a space that has been growing sort of quite uh, quite rapidly, and and so uh, in the academic space there are a, a clear number of uh, of people that are, are making uh, quite notable advancements in different areas, but but really what bioprinting is is it's a platform, and it, it's it's an approach to sort of create an entirely new modality of of, of sort of therapeutics, and so uh, we try to sort of work closely with different groups and support uh, them in ways that we think could accelerate uh, uh, novel sort of applications uh, in, in the field. Uh, but but also even thinking about beyond bioprinting, we're standing on sort of the shoulders of, of giants, mm -hmm. uh, even in Canada here. So we have mm -hmm. people in Canada, like, for example, James Shapiro. James Shapiro is, uh, is, is a uh, 
uh, a clinician, uh, a surgeon in, in Edmonton that actually pioneered uh, the idea of islet cell replacement. So he actually, mm -hmm. uh, about 18, 20 years ago, he, he sort of uh, was able to take donor islets uh, from uh, from donors, implant those into type 1 diabetics, uh, and they actually managed to cure them of type 1 diabetes. Wow. Um, and, and of course, uh, those patients, uh, the downside have to be exposed to immunosuppression um, because mm -hmm. you're taking donor islets. And so, uh, and so we're able to now take that sort of proof of concept, apply it to our technology and create sort of an actual solution that does not require immune suppression that can be scalable uh, for, for the masses. And so, uh, so our approach at, at Aspect is, is how do we leverage what we know uh, and how do we sort of uh, enable uh, uh, sort of uh, the the next frontier and how do we make impact on patients but certainly mm -hmm. canada is, is is a is an area where uh, diabetes uh, uh, um, it, it has a great history and, and and we're sort of leveraging that as well i, I see you talking about frederick banting uh yeah, from absolutely. way back in the day absolutely. definitely definitely a hero uh, mm -hmm, of, of mm -hmm. ours and we have one of our rooms named uh, uh, on, on on his uh, on his honor and so as you uh, should yeah, yeah, absolutely, and so it's it's fantastic. So we we like uh, the the next cure for for diabetes to to come out of Canada. Oh, we definitely hope that you know we we again this this is such a such a game changer. Well, you know, I watch a, a lot of videos on you know we'll call it like the the alpha folding and uh, these protein folding AI uh, engines. Does that does the outcome of that or the 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 I guess the 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 algorithms that come out of that does that help in any way with what you're doing or is that separate from what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, AI in general, I think, is uh, allowing us to sort of, uh, um, uh, I would say, uh, come to specific conclusions or, or to propose solutions that would otherwise be very, very difficult from sort of a human intelligence perspective. And so um, we're certainly sort of, uh, uh, I would say, looking at ways that we could uh, sort of apply that to sort of what we're trying to do. And so we do have a computational tissue design team that is uh, essentially trying to uh, enable uh, sort of a generative design paradigm where instead of saying I want a tissue that uh, um, uh, is is made up of, of these materials uh, printed in this type of structure, we could actually go the other way around. We could say we want a tissue that functions like this, that has these functional requirements and uh, an AI system could spit out essentially uh, a, a, a best structure, uh, a mm. best set of, sort of uh, materials that could get us there. And so that's the real power uh, of, of that. Um, mm -hmm. And so we do have sort of a, a group that's that's pursuing uh, pursuing that. But I think the, the implications, uh, I would say, uh, for uh, sort of uh, therapeutic design in general, uh, I think uh, is uh, there's a lot of potential, but also a lot of that still has to be realized. And so uh, uh, I think we'd like to follow the data and, and we'd mm -hmm. like to have big uh, pie in the sky dreams, but also we're grounded by the data and the science. Very cool. Very cool. Well, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned how, um, you know, the 3d printing model that you're working on doesn't, it doesn't, um, basically it's not rejecting. You don't have to take the medicine, uh, in order for the, um, um, uh, your, 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 your internal sides aren't rejecting that. Is that because you're actually printing your own tissues or what, how, how, how does that come to be? Yeah. So for the patient's own tissues. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, so we're not, uh, we're, uh, right now our goal is not to take a patient's own cells and to print with them. Um, that uh, definitely sounds, I would say great. And, and, and I think, uh, could be uh, definitely useful in some cases, the challenge there becomes sort of being able to scale a therapy for the masses. If, if, mm -hmm. if you have to treat 1.5 million diabetics, for example, in the U S and, and each product is different, 
um, mm. uh, that becomes very, very difficult to, to be able to scale something like that. And so that's where we had to essentially develop technologies that immune, <clears throat> that immune protect the cells so that they mm -hmm. don't get rejected. And so uh, mm. a big part of what we do is using specific material chemistries uh, and different approaches to actually shield those cells from the immune system so that they yeah. can't get detected, uh, almost like that flight sort of, uh, uh, or that fighter jet the sort of stealth uh, mm -hmm. sort of system I was describing where you just, you can't detect it. And so that's really what we're doing in terms of achieving uh, what we call an allogeneic or off the shelf sort of tissue therapeutic that does not require immune suppression. Wow. Now there's some words I didn't think I was going to hear today, but allogeneic, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Well, you know, I mean, you, you, we, we've chatted, we've, we, you know, I, I met you, I met you maybe about a year ago at, um, at, a, at a C100 event and you blew me away right away with what you're doing. Um, Cause I, again, find the importance, uh, find it so important, but what also blew me away was, you know, you weren't, I mean, this is deep tech. This is like such interesting technology that I was figuring, okay, you're going to be on the very nerdy scientific side of things like a typical CTO would, but you blew me away because you're like, oh, you're very business oriented. Like you really know how to, to lead an organization. Just, I could just tell from, from speaking with you and the way that, that you clearly, you know, can, can get across the ideas. Um, how has your role changed uh, or pivoted from when you started off as CTO to CEO or of the organization? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it continues to, to, to sort of evolve, I would say, um, sort of my evolution, uh, I would say, is, is largely um, uh, due to kind of a great fortune of, of being taken under the wings of people that have sort of taught me uh, how, how to sort of conduct business and, and to build a company. So some of my earliest investors that uh, took sort of a bet on me and the team and the vision without having kind of all of the uh, questions answered and and like literally sort of writing a check after a half an hour meeting and saying let's <laughs> let's do this uh, those people have gone into be some of my kind of greatest friends and 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 mentors and i've learned so much like when i first started the company i i, uh, I knew very little about sort of fundraising and partnerships and culture building mm -hmm. uh and, and and organizational development and all these other great things and 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 i would say kind of if if i were to have any secret weapon i think the secret weapon i've, I've been able to sort of harness and, and build is is just number one bringing together an awesome team and, and we have a phenomenal team at aspect and 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 just uh being hungry for feedback and and really uh sort of uh, uh listening to that feedback and and also mm -hmm. um just surrounding myself with really trusted mentors um mm -hmm. and uh, so so yeah my my role has has evolved significantly um, but I've always sort of been somebody who's, who's been just insanely curious and I love to listen uh, uh, in terms of feedback. Um, I have opinions, of course. Uh, I am known to be an opinionated person. Uh, you need um, to be. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but I, I do like uh, uh, to, uh, to, to sort of gather as much feedback as I can from very trusted people uh, before sort of making some of my most critical decisions. Mm -hmm. um, and so I would say, uh, yeah, my, my my role continues to change as we now uh, are an 80-person organization, very different uh, mm -hmm. than we were sort of 15, 20. And over the next year, as we look to expand even further, I'm sure it'll uh, it'll change. But uh, I, I, I'm sort of, it gives me sort of a peace of mind knowing that, number one, we're building an awesome team. And, and now mm -hmm. it's less about sort of me and, and more about how do I enable and support the team. Mm -hmm. um and and, uh, and and yeah that's that's what my role has really been focused on the last period of time is that how do i kind of support the different groups and how do i make sure that we hire the right people uh so that they could go forth and multiply and create new teams and and so on and mm -hmm. so forth 
Uh, spoken like a two leader. So, so tell me then, what's what's more interesting to you now compared compared to before? Now, the business side or the tech side, the biotech side, for that yeah, matter. It, it's funny. Like I, I don't really have sort of a switch where I switch my like. Uh, it's just really my goal is my uh, the, the mission here is to bring this technology to patients and so mm -hmm. i will do whatever it takes uh if if you need me to to be in the lab if you need me to travel halfway across the world whatever it takes and so i don't think of it as business or technical it's just i don't even i mean i often get the question what like like what's the hardest thing what's the easiest thing i mean mm -hmm. I, from my perspective there's there's no time to think about that it's just let's just do whatever is necessary and and just figure it out as as you go um mm -hmm. and so yeah i mean the, the nature of our business is like every problem that we're facing whether it's scientific engineering or business it's really intellectually stimulating um because mm -hmm. like, even like let's take the business for example like there are not many companies out there that are selling tissues and so you have to rethink the business model, um, uh, and 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 so even that that that's it's really stimulating because it's like mm. well like how, like how do you monetize the value so that you could be a economically successful company and you could continue to innovate and bring products to market and so that gets me going but it also being with the team and looking at our data and 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 talking about the science and 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 what's going well what's not going well and why mm -hmm. is there things not going well what have we learned like that gets me going uh um and so i, I love it all <laughs> as i'm sure you could uh, imagine uh but um <laughs> but yeah i it, it it's all sort of i would say a, a smooth transition like stepping into a, a bd strategy meeting to a science kind of or engineering meeting or um yeah no, that's that's so cool. And, and what you just touched on is kind of interesting to me too. When you said something is, you know, we're a company that sells tissues. So that's what I was going to actually ask: is the company itself is it selling the technology, like the 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 three D printing side, or is it the tissues itself that they sell that you sell? Like, what 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 is the actual business side of this? Yeah. So so we have a technology that allows us to create tissues. Obviously, it takes time to develop these tissues, and and we mm -hmm. need to decide which tissues we develop first. And so we're using our technology to develop pancreatic tissues and liver tissues to start, and we're mm -hmm. advancing those to clinical evaluation, and, and we hope uh, to uh, one day achieve uh, uh, market approval of these products so that we could get them to the patients. That's a longer sort of journey. Uh, it takes it takes time, but the sort of end state uh, of, of that is essentially Aspect has a uh, factory of the future with uh, 3D printing systems creating these tissues that are being shipped to hospitals, implanted into humans. Obviously, it takes a long time to get to that final state. We are moving towards getting to that final state in the next sort of five to 10 years is, is the mm -hmm. goal as we are treating patients at a larger scale uh, in that sort of time frame. But way sooner than that, we'll be able to have a clinical impact in terms of first in human studies. Uh, now, the question is for a company like ours, how do you show success along the way? Because you can't just say, uh, we'll see you in five, 10 years, believe us. And and, and so it's, and, and it's, it's, it's about sort of partnering on different programs, partnering with larger strategic. So we have had the great pleasure of partnering with groups like uh, Merck and GSK and JSR in Japan and around different applications of the technology, which allows us to diversify uh, and, and, and sort of fully unlock the potential of, of the technology without sort of defocusing uh, in, internally. And, and it also shows real validation that this is 
this is real. And then bringing on great investors along the way, which shows that you're able to promise, deliver along the way. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, in terms of business model, our, our business model is essentially to uh, be that sort of vertically integrated tissue therapeutic company that is uh, producing and, and manufacturing uh, and shipping these tissues around the world for direct implantation into, into humans to save their lives. Amazing, amazing. Well, Aspect Biosystems is a nine-year-old, basically a nine-year-old startup. We'll call it a startup. How has the technology changed from the founding days to uh, till today? Yeah, I, I, I like to sort of break it up into different chapters. So so I'm an engineer. I'll start with chapter zero because uh, okay. um, we like to always go with zero, not one. Um, but mm -hmm. so that chapter zero was really sort of 2014 to, to 2017. And, and that was really sort of aspect, uh, its co-founders and, and a few early, uh, I would say, uh, um, uh, sort of employees and contributors to our team. We were essentially refining the core technologies, exploring different business models, and then in 2017, we really sort of uh, started to, to to really get going as, as a company. So we left campus um, and, uh, and and then we started applying our technology to different problems. And so we collaborated heavily with different groups like Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca mm -hmm. and GSK and Merck and, and, and others. Um, and then chapter two of, of the story has really been the last two years, which is how do we take all of these different learnings and how do we take our maturing technology and start to build our own products? Uh, and so that's really where we've been sort of honing into on, on the pancreas as an organ, a liver uh, as an organ and, and looking at building different products. So the technology has matured, but also is now being applied. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. chapter one, chapter two, uh, well, uh, chapter zero was really kind of building the technology. Uh, mm -hmm. Chapter one was really sort of applying it to different areas. And now chapter two is is, is really focusing on, on sort of building our own pipeline in diabetes and, and liver diseases. Next. So what's what's chapter three and four? Chapter three and four is getting it to, to sort of first in human uh, and, and really getting this uh, to sort of commercial scale. And 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 I mean, that would mean the world uh, uh, to our entire team, but also uh, uh, mean so much to so many patients that uh, are, are essentially, uh, I would say, counting on this. So we, we, we feel a great degree of responsibility and, and, and inspiration that, I mean, we're we're, we, I think we're in a unique position to not just do, uh, I, re, I would say, really well as a company, but also do great uh, things in the world and do good in the world. And so I think very few companies uh, could, could, could do both. Um, mm. and, and I think we're sort of doing something that I think matters potentially the most to people, which is just transforming their health condition. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's the goal and that's our mission. And uh, if we're successful, we'll have achieved that. Well, again, we're 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 all rooting rooting for that mission, and uh, um, well, you know, on 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 this topic of startups, you know, kind of the startup evolution, uh, what we'll call it. Um, you know, we we have uh, every every podcast episode, we have now what's called the Canadian startups that we love, and this week, um, the startup is called Single Key, and I chatted with Michael D'Souza, uh, and he told us a little bit about Single Key, and he has this question uh, for you about Aspect Biosystems. Michael, elevator pitch time. What's your company name and what do you do? So the company name is Single Key. And what we do is we work on bridging the trust gap between landlords and tenants. So as you know, um, it's always in the news. So it's, it's probably top of mind uh, is that there's a lot of friction between landlords and tenants. Um, Landlords are concerned about tenants' ability to pay rent and being being stiff to the rent, especially when they have a an income property where the margins are not like 
particularly large. Um, tenants are obviously very concerned about you know, housing affordability and being able to find a place to live. And so what we do is that we use a series of solutions to reduce that friction so that we can actually impact, have a positive impact on the, on the ecosystem in general. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, in, 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 in a few sentences, can you tell me a little bit about the founding team at Single Key? Sure. Um, the founding team is uh, Villar Lika, who's the CEO, um, and Dan Kostruba, who's the COO. And um, I actually helped very early on, but then I actually just came back recently. Um, it was so exciting that I I, I, uh, I had to get back in. Well, so, um, uh, yeah, so I've, I've been holding the role of CTO since January. Perfect. Well, why, why, what was the evidence behind starting Single Key? Well, there's, um, I, I mean, when you want to start a startup, uh, you know, starting something that has the ability to become massive is obviously a, a big allure. Uh, but the biggest allure is really to have the largest impact. And I mean, as long as I can remember, problems with housing have been endemic. I can't remember an issue where housing affordability, affordability was like not on like the political docket of talking points. Um, it has continued to be an issue and it actually is getting worse. Uh, there's been a lot of, a lot of, um, changes recently. Obviously we just were kind of the tail end of the pandemic and, um, and that's also had a massive impact on top of just the fact that even without a pandemic, it was not, housing was not trending, uh, in a positive direction. I mean, housing prices were, but I mean, the way that we as a society interact with housing has been, you know, somewhat dicey. Mm. And I, and I understand, I mean, you're in Toronto, I'm in Vancouver. We all know what challenges, uh, come with, with, uh, the, the cost of rent, uh, as long as yeah. the cost of other things too. And if you're in an, if you're doing your best in order an organization to try to create impact, I think that's the first start because if you can create impact, people in business will follow. I think that's, I think that's really a genius way. Well, share what I like to call a big win in uh, single keys, uh, journey as of late. Yeah. I mean, um, I, it's been, I guess, uh, reported somewhat, but, uh, recently we acquired neighborly who was, mm -hmm. uh, we, we had typically for like the last couple of years thought of as our main competitor. Um, they are a tenant screening solution, and that's also how we enter the market as well. We offer other things as well, but um, they were definitely one of our, our chief competitors. And uh, you know, over the last little while, we got to know them, um, and that was an in interesting experience. Uh, got to kind of um, share some notes over the discussion of the acquisition, and uh, and and kind of really came to to respect the idea of being on the other side. We, we shared stories. Uh, they shared stories. It was a, it was a pretty cool experience to kind of sit down with your competitors when you're no longer competing and you're just kind of commiserating over, uh, over like, you know, like the, the game, just like a certain gamesmanship. That was, uh, it was pretty cool. Fantastic. And neighborly is a U.S. or a Canadian company that you acquired? Uh, they're technically a U.S. company, but they, uh, they had a lot of operations in Canada. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, what's one of the lessons that you learned all, along the way that you wish you understood when you started? Uh, the acquisition process or the company? Yeah, just the company. the company. A lesson in life. We're here about learning lessons and sharing those learnings. Um, well, I, I guess one key lesson is that you're never done learning. Um, so I had actually come from a previous exit uh, as well as a couple other companies. And so, you know, I came in thinking, oh, I know, I know, I know like the way this works. Uh but then you you kind of have the rude awakening that there's always something new. Um, obviously, like domain knowledge changes as you change industry, uh, but there are some kind of unique, not unique, there are, there are kind of commonalities 
that you take with you from company to company. Um, and uh, I think probably the most valuable of those skills will be how you deal with people. Um, mm. At the end of the day, a company is a, is a cooperation amongst many individuals. And so if you can work on your skills towards like working towards a common goal, that is ultimately what a company is, the company of individuals. Um, so interpersonal skills is definitely something that uh, I need to continue to invest in. Um, and they continue to be the things that bring out the best uh, results. Whether you're figuring out the best way to communicate with customers, um, the best way to communicate with your, your colleagues, um, communicate with your investors, uh, communicate on a podcast, which clearly I'm still working on that skill set. Um, so, so yeah, communication skills are probably probably the number one thing you want to focus on um, when you start a company, because it really is kind of the DNA of all the success. Fantastic, fantastic. And, and the lack of it is the DNA of all the failure. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, well let's, let's, let's focus on, on, on the success side, because, you know, as we chat with some of Canada's most successful founders on Afternoon Tea, and our guest this week is Tamar Mohammed of Aspect Biosystems. You have a question for Tamar. Can you please share it with us? Yeah, so I, I got a chance to take a look at Aspect Biosystems, and it looks really, really cool. And, um, you know, so, so many times you see these, these technologies, and they almost feel like they're science fiction, and they're not science fact. So learning about Aspect was really, really a treat. I wanted to know how far along the, the development life cycle you would be uh, with Aspect Biosystems. How close am I to seeing uh, people I know in my family, for example, that might have an operation, that they would be impacted by the work that Aspect Biosystems uh, has done? Is it in the testing phase? Is it much later on? How many people could it be impacting right now? And do you have any cool stories about, uh, any cool customer stories on how it impacted them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, our goal is uh, we're we're marching towards first and human over the next couple of years, <clears throat> and so very soon we'll be able to say that uh, we are sort of implanting our tissues into humans and, and having an impact. And that, of course, starts in in, in first and human trials. Uh, so, a handful of patients that then expands into uh, sort of uh, many more patients. Uh, and then if we're successful from that, uh, we would uh, hope uh, to, uh, to to sort of get sort of market access uh, once we've sort of fully proven that this is a safe and effective sort of therapy. And so uh, in the very, very short term here, we'll be able to uh, to sort of uh, launch that rocket. And, and, and once we launch the first rocket, we'll be able to get many, many more rockets, not just into space, but back to, to Earth, as, as, as uh, I like to often say, uh, just because I'm a space. <laughs> But um, but yeah, so uh, this isn't uh, this isn't pie in the sky. This isn't sort of sci-fi. This is uh, this is now uh, this is happening. And uh, uh, I mean, it's not just in our lifetime. It's it's uh, within the, the next uh, couple of years. Very exciting. Very exciting. Well, I mean, diabetes or any of these these ailments are very personal. They're very family driven. Do you have a lot of, you know, personal stories or families that come up to you and say, I really support you. I really, you know, we're, we're, we're cheering for you. Um, does that, and, and does, if you do, and I assume you must, does that really keep your team driven? Yeah. I mean, uh, anytime we, we have the sort of pleasure of, of speaking to, uh, to different, uh, 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 people that are living with with this disease, uh, even sort of, and I, I have family members. My nephew, we've often sort of chatted about this. He's uh, a twelve year old and uh, uh, was uh, was recently diagnosed about three years ago with type one, and and mm. uh, uh, just 
uh, seeing him kind of he's a soccer player and and uh, he always has to uh, he, he takes different precautions and, uh, and and eats a certain way and whatnot and and so just this he always geeks out uh, when uh, when we speak uh, about the opportunity and and yeah he uh, I think we we have a first customer potentially once this gets uh, <laughs> uh, if I his, uh, his his parents uh, and so so yeah I would say but he's just one of of, of many uh, but um, yeah. I, Anytime I have the pleasure of speaking to a, a patient, um, th that source of inspiration that, that we get, because that's that's what we're doing uh, uh, here, and, and that's why we're doing it. Um, mm -hmm. if, if if we could get this technology to to impact them, uh, I mean that would be sort of a life uh, uh, goal accomplished uh, that that would also help many other lives. So. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. Now, I, I just want to touch on that. You have one of my favorite uh, pictures of all time of Muhammad <laughs> Ali uh, behind oh. you, your namesake yeah. uh, that, that you share a name with. What? Why personally do you feel like you need to have that image of Muhammad Ali behind you? Yeah, so uh, I would say, so when I first started the company, I was, I think, just turned 24 uh, <laughs> and uh, knew nothing about sort of kind of building a, a company and and uh but but I, did, I definitely had a fire in my belly and and <laughs> and, uh, and yeah I remember those kind of first early kind of conversations with with groups saying oh you you need to gray up and uh and and <laughs> you're, you're the typical sort of Canadian angel kind of mm -hmm. uh, I would say response uh you need to kind of gray up and, and experience and we need a kind of a, a proper kind of hired gun CEO that kind of stuff. and so just just uh, having a sort of uh, um, uh, that that image um, uh, and, and Muhammad Ali just also being sort of this fiery person that went into the ring with big bad uh, Sonny Liston uh, and, and knocking him out uh, I, I, gives me inspiration and just generally what he stood for uh, um, mm -hmm. uh, in terms of kind of always sticking to a set of values uh, no matter what uh, completely uh, so he's definitely one of those people that uh, I sort of aspire to. Uh, uh, to sort of uh, uh, be uh, in terms of kind of living uh, through a set of uh, strict uh, values and, and living and and essentially dying by them. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. It's such, it's such an amazing human being to follow, but also such an intellectual human being to follow. Yeah. If you could, if you can knock out, you know, any of these child, you know, or diseases in general, um, I'm pretty sure he's he's looking down on you and thinking. Uh, you know, good, great, yeah. great, great work, great work. It's the, um, well, tell me, um, Vancouver, I mean, we've had a couple of life sciences, you know, large companies uh, popping up, um, you know, very important ones. Is is Vancouver a, a, a good city or Canada for that matter to be doing life sciences in? Yeah, I, I think we have sort of early signs of like a, a, a ecosystem for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, several kind of companies like Upcelera and, and, mm -hmm. and uh, Precision and, and Notch and Aspect. Mm -hmm. and so I think uh, Vancouver definitely sets itself apart within Canada, uh, and uh, and I think success breeds success. And so if we could be successful, others will follow suit. They'll be successful. Money will come flowing in as as people start to see an, an ecosystem. Because you really need sort of a thriving ecosystem to then attract a lot of talent and critical mm -hmm. mass. So, um, so I think there's there's I would say good early signs uh, of of sort of the development of uh, of an ecosystem so we uh, we love being in vancouver i love vancouver of course um mm -hmm. but i think what we're doing also spans 
sort of nations, spans, religions, spans, ethnicities. We're trying to help people. Like, and, and so mm -hmm. uh, um, I uh, will do this uh, uh, anywhere uh, uh, to, to, if it means uh, we have a greater chance of, of getting this to patients. Awesome. Awesome. No, I, I, you know, I'm having this, this image of these, you know, pharmacy, you know, these, this, again, we're going to the Hollywood side of things where the, these pharmaceutical companies are looking at their, 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 you know, the, 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 the bank and saying, Hey, you know, we make a lot of money from selling these drugs. What, you know, this is, this is something that's going to cause a challenge to that. Are they, you know, these companies, cause you're working with them, obviously, do they support what you're doing or are they kind of like, well, can you slow it down maybe a decade or two? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's a good question. I would say pharma and biotech tend to to not have sort of uh, the sometimes greatest reputation, depending on who, who you talk to. But at the end of the day, I would say, uh, by and large, and there's, of course, exceptions, by and large, I would say uh, it's one of the most, in my opinion, noble industries, because these these are there's scientists behind these discoveries. And, and these people are, are sort of putting in uh, like blood, sweat and tears trying to make these discoveries because they truly want to help. Uh, uh, of course, it needs to be sort of uh, an economically viable sort of, uh, I would say, opportunity uh, for, for it to be worthwhile. Otherwise, there wouldn't be an incentive for them to, to do it. And, and it takes mm -hmm. a lot of money uh, to, to develop a drug. It takes uh, many cases billions of, of, of mm -hmm. dollars to to develop a, a drug and so so we get that sort of tension i would say by and large like pharma is, is really receptive to, to what we're doing and, and of course uh we could recognize potential existential threats that we pose to some uh, drugs and and so i think it becomes a question for these companies do do they want to partner uh, or do they want to uh, wait to have sort of uh, uh, different companies sort of displace their their pipelines, and so these people are really smart. I think they'll they'll make smart decisions, and I I like to have sort of uh, I would say a good opinion of people, and at least give them the benefit of the doubt first and, mm -hmm. and foremost, because because at the end of the day, when when we are sort of going through a, a challenging health condition, um, we sort of rely on, on 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 these therapies. We rely on health professionals, and and uh, and and I would say yeah, by and large, we are much healthier now, uh, uh, better sort of uh, humans in terms of our health condition that we've ever been uh, in, in, in in sort of entire history of mankind or humankind. And then that's largely because of, of the great therapeutics and drugs and, and health uh, uh, conditions uh, and, and, and management strategies that we have today. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I mean, you said you said you founded the company when you were 24, which is which is amazing, especially for a bio biotech company of uh, such importance. Um, but you were named a uh, 40 under 40, I guess, probably well under 40 at that matter. Um, you know, what was that like? I mean, number one, kind of an, an honor and recognition. I mean, so many great people have, have, have sort of won that award. And 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 so it's great. I mean, it's it's a recognition of the great work that the team is doing here. And and I get kind of the honor of, of standing in front of rooms and accepting kind of uh, this award. But it's it's really the awesome work that the, that the team is, is is really sort of executing on. And so, yeah, I, I mean, a real pleasure and honor. And I, I do get to sort of interact with uh, fellow uh, um, professionals that have won that award and, and they're doing awesome stuff. And so I think we truly have something special here in BC, really awesome people that are also genuinely good people. Uh, mm -hmm. we, we are big believers of that. We, we have a no jerk policy at aspect. Uh, uh, <laughs> and, and so, yeah, I think Canada has something going for it. Like if we can sort of marry that 
collaborative, good sort of human nature with with a little bit more ambition and a little bit more sort of Muhammad Ali uh, pronus. <laughs> uh, I think we could definitely make uh, make a dent, but uh, you need both. Uh, you need to be humbly sort of confident. Humbly confident. What a Canadian way of saying that. That's that's amazing. Uh, well, well, can you tell me about your role with Ace Tech? Yeah. So. Uh, AceTech is an organization that helps sort of connect CEOs um, to, to fellow CEOs and, and do a lot of programming. And, and they have a sort of a Whistler event where they bring kind of thought leaders and, and, and people to speak about a range of different topics. Uh, and so when I was first starting as a CEO, uh, I wanted to learn as much as I possibly can. So I, I joined AceTech as a member. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and as part of that, learned a ton and, and was on a CEO roundtable where you get to speak on a monthly basis to uh, fellow CEOs. And so that was great for my development. So as part of sort of giving back, I, I wanted to see uh, if I could help. And so they uh, invited me to join the board. And so for a period of three mm-hmm. years, I was on the board and it helped sort of bring some of my perspectives to help kind of, uh, uh, I would say, uh, improve the organization. And so it's definitely a very valuable contributor to our ecosystem here. And, and so definitely encourage uh, aspiring CEOs as well as I would say fully fledged uh, uh, CEOs to participate. So there's CEOs that are leading organizations from 10 people all the way up to uh, um, 500 plus uh, people, uh, uh, CEOs. And so a great sort of spectrum of, of different leaders in that organization. So, so, I mean, I guess I can say without, without, uh, you know, clearly that mentoring does matter then, and you, you, you must believe that, but you know, you mentioned stage zero, stage one, stage two. Is it important to have the same mentor throughout each one of those stages? Or do you find that, hey, maybe I should find someone that knows a little bit more about this part of my path or this part of my path? So do mentors, should they, in your thoughts, evolve as you are evolving? That's a really good question. I'm just going back to sort of my uh, kind of mentors. And, and there's certainly ones that have stuck uh, with me and and uh, the relationship has transcended kind of business uh, uh, mentorship to just being really awesome friends. And so like mm. um, some of my mentors, like we've had some of like the deepest conversations I've had about like life, like what's life. Mm. <laughs> and and so uh, <laughs> and those are always interesting kind of conversations. And and so, um, so there are certainly people who have sort of uh, been there from, I would say time zero or even time sort of uh, minus zero. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, and then there are others that have, of course, had to sort of, uh, uh, I would say, uh, connect with along the way because uh, we're we're tackling a new set of problems. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so, for example, recently brought three new board members to to Aspect that have tremendous experience in sort of clinical stage companies as we now embark on becoming a clinical stage company Mm -hmm. uh, or essentially moving into human studies. And so brought sort of three top-notch individuals uh, that that are based in Boston that lead uh, amazing companies uh, and and, uh, including sort of an individual who's previously the CEO at uh, Cell Therapy at Pfizer uh, to Mm. bringing on somebody who was uh, uh, formerly chief business officer at uh, at, um, uh, Ask Bio that was acquired last year for by Bayer for four billion dollars, and mm. before that, uh, the medicines company that was acquired by Novartis for twelve billion. So people that mm-hmm. have managed to get therapies to humans uh, in terms of human trials and, and even commercial uh, products, but also people who have built sort of multi-billion-dollar kind of biotech enterprise value. Um, and so every chapter, like you said, requires new mentors, but you also need kind of people that 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 see you for who you are and 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 know where you sort of came from and 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 that's mm-hmm. that's the great thing about sort of like entrepreneurship is 
is mm-hmm. so hard. And 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 if you could share some of those experiences with people uh, in terms of being in the trenches with people, it, it it forms a bond that is sort of unbreakable. Completely, completely. Yeah. Well, you know, you're also. I mean, you're 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 on the board of a couple of organizations uh, that that you know. I I did my homework. It was important. I did my homework <laughs> here, and um, one of them that I thought was quite interesting is the stem cell network. Um, can you tell me what the relationship or the responsibilities are, and what does that organization do? Yeah, so uh, the stem cell network is uh, a network in Canada. It uh, is federally funded, and its roles and, and responsibilities include sort of funding stem cell research, regenerative medicine research, uh, in in Canada, uh, and and really sort of uh, helping to build that ecosystem of regenerative medicine. And so they're sort of the premier organization here in Canada. So they've, uh, I believe, funded uh, over a hundred million dollars of, of of funding towards sort of cutting edge uh, stem cell research and and, mm-hmm. and stem cells are a big part of our history in, in Canada. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, Till and McCullough, uh, um, uh, scientists uh, um, in, from Canada actually discovered uh, stem cells uh, in, in the 60s. And, and that's a basis of not just what we're doing, but a basis of the field of stem cell therapy and regenerative medicine. And so, yeah, I think the stem cell network is, is really founded upon uh, this idea that like Canada, uh, um, Canada's sort of uh, uh, I would say uh, opportunity is, is to build a, a, an entirely new sector that, that we lead on the global stage in the regenerative medicine space. And so we're trying to plant seeds in terms of new research findings, uh, new discoveries, and, and really sort of foster that, that ecosystem. So, so yeah, if, if hockey is Canada sport, uh, definitely our sciences are regenerative medicine and stem cells. And and and, and um, I'm sorry. It's four. It's four twenty-five in the morning. My brain isn't working as fast as it normally would be. Um, the 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 name of the individual that you said that in the '60s um, that uh, discovered we'll call it discovered and you never found uh, um, stem cells is that whose um, statue is in front of Science World. That is a good question. I know there's statues in front of the Mars Building in Toronto. I'm not sure actually if it is. It oh yeah. Could. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Oh, Natalie's telling me yes. So, well, I was wondering because I, yeah. I know it was the stem cell guys, the, the team from stem cell that actually found uh, that that funded that. So I was oh, wondering when, when you said it, I yeah, was wondering yeah. who that was. Yes. The answer is yes. I know that now. Uh, so I'll <laughs> take a photo of them. Um, <laughs> Well, thank you, Natalie, as well. Yeah, you know, exactly. that, 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 she she makes both of us look great, and I appreciate yeah, exactly. that, Natalie. You get the big you yeah, get the, you get the does. big thumbs up. Well, yeah. there's 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 another organization that that I'm in, intrigued by just because I love the name Unreasonable. What? Oh, right. What yeah. is Unreasonable, and and what yeah. do they do? Basically, I think they 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 are unreasonable in the sense that they want to to sort of be a part of companies uh, that uh, are doing sort of unreasonable things. So it's a large sort of initiative um, that is uh, essentially focused on working with companies that are doing sort of game changing things. So whether it's mm. climate change or uh, finding sort of uh, renewable sources of energy or or health, wellness, these types of things. So they they really sort of work uh, uh, to with companies that uh, that do amazing sort of world changing things. And so, uh, yeah, participated in and sort of uh, uh, that that initiative that that program. And and when you sort of complete that program, you become sort of a a, a fellow. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They tried to get me to get a tattoo, which uh, I was not convinced. <laughs> of. Um, but, uh, but several people got it. I mean, really, a, 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 a sort of a week 
session of, of being in the redwood somewhere listening to a bunch of great stuff that that i i would wow. say like, feel sort of uh, a pleasure in listening to and it really helped uh, at the end you're like who's gonna get a tattoo so nobody's gonna put up their hand to get a tattoo and, oh my god there are people putting their hands to get up a tattoo and so and, and, and so yeah i wasn't one of those people uh but there were several that have uh that basically got unreasonable tattoos on their arms but you know that's that's like one of those words that can be have so much more meaning um and and the fact that it's like a moonshot organization and a support yeah. network for that i think that's awesome yeah uh, it was awesome i mean the friendships i developed there i mean yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm going to be in Singapore next week for this Bloomberg mm -hmm. Economy Forum, and and there's several people that are going to be there that uh, that um, I, uh, I I met at this Unreasonable Initiative a couple of years ago, and so he, he messaged me, and then we'll meet up, and so it's, it's important to, if you could sort of connect the dots and and then see where that sort of those types of relationships take you. Oh no, I think I think that's I think that's super interesting. Again, you know, supporting moonshots. I mean, what you're doing is a moonshot. I mean, what you're doing is 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 life changing. And I think it also once you open one door, it opens up many doors too, which I think is even even more exciting. Um, well, the last one, Praxis Spinal Cord Institute. Tell me, tell me about the role there. Yeah, so that is uh, where sort of I I sit on an investment board and and I review different sort of. Uh, sort of company proposals and 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 basically offer sort of my sort of technical uh, uh, sort of entrepreneurial perspective on on whether sort of investment sort of makes sense or doesn't make sense. So uh, I would say, uh, yeah, the mission is is a noble one. Like, how do we support sort of companies, technologies that uh, are sort of uh, able to uh, positively affect people who are living with uh, spinal cord injury? And so definitely something that uh, that uh, I, I feel that uh, if I could help that that would be great and so it, mm -hmm. it is a part of sort of my go uh, paid forward uh, help out in the community type uh, type work I love this I mean love this it's all paid forward I mean it's it's still such a young young career for you and you're still looking at uh, you know expanding the community and the network which I think which I think is awesome especially as as, as Canada and BC do you know grow these uh, um you know, instead of just having to go to Boston for everything or San Francisco, um, you know, or, or, you know, somewhere in Europe, um, I, I think this is super interesting. Well, I mean, we're talking about an investing uh, group. So, you know, practice is investing. What's what's easier for you, figuring out the investment side or the the the, the biology or product side? Yeah, I would say, uh, yeah, I, 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 it's all challenging, I would say. But yeah, the biology is, is definitely probably very, like the most challenging because it's so... <laughs> unpredictable when when you feel that you fully understood it it comes back with a vengeance and it's like haha look i have another arm that i could punch you in the face with like and, and so um you, you have to you have to approach science with a sense of humbleness and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh we know very little uh um uh, in, in terms of what I think, frankly, we'll ever be able to know. Like, I don't think we'll be able to know everything uh, about about sort of uh, the mysterious world of science and biology. And so the, the, I would say that the trick is to know just enough to control mm -hmm. it just the way that you want to. But yeah, you, you don't want to go up against biology because uh, it's, it's just so powerful. It's so unpredictable. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's really where the engineering comes into place. Like, how do you, how do you bioengineer something? And so mm -hmm. this, this engineering with biology allows you to sort of control that, define that, uh, and harness that rather than letting biology go crazy. 
<laughs> super super well i have i have learned so much today like i i can't i can't i can't tell you and also like i said really excited about about where, where you're going and what you're doing and uh the the flag that you're going to plant for canada um out there for the for the rest of us um but i have you know the 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 thesis behind or the idea behind afternoon tea podcast is to speak to wonderful canadian founders to kind of prepare that next generation um and which is something that clearly you're speaking to um so i have these two questions that i ask at every every one of these um the the, the, the recordings to to get to get a really good understanding or perspective um so the first question if you please is can you share one piece of advice to help younger canadian founders one thing that you've learned along the way just think big and nothing uh, is is impossible and uh, uh, have ambitious plans. Uh, I'd rather sort of a plan that's ambitious uh, and, and you sort of fall a little bit short of that, but at least you achieve greatness in the process rather than sort of uh, uh, under promising and over delivering. I'm not a uh, an, an adopter of that school of thought. Um, so mm. yeah, think big. Uh, life is short and, and, and make your mark and, and, and try to do something that is transformative. How reasonable for an, a fellow who is unreasonable. That that's 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 awesome. That is awesome. Well, you know, last question, um, and then I'll let you continue on with the important work that you're doing. Can you share the name of a Canadian entrepreneurial star or founder that you personally look up to? Right. Um, yeah. So I mean, I'm more of a science geek. I could name you a bunch of scientists and like astronauts and and people. But that's fine. Is that fine? Oh yeah, I mean, if you want Bethune, show me Bethune. I mean, I, I'm up for anyone here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, like type one diabetes is an area we're focused on, and 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 just to be uh, doing that in, in a country that actually discovered insulin. So, uh, Banting and Best in in Ontario being able to actually discover insulin uh, before that type one diabetes was a death sentence. There's no mm -hmm. cure for it, and and then there still is no cure for it. But at least we have sort of something uh, that makes sense until we come up with uh, hopefully a potential curative therapy, and so. Uh, that's an example, but also Tillard McCullough uh, uh, being able to invent and pioneer, discover, uh, I should say, uh, mm -hmm. stem cells, but uh, but so many other, I mean, we have so many great scientists and and and, and inventors here uh, in, in Canada, and, and I hope uh, over the next sort of 25, 50 years, definitely by the end of my life, we could also say that we have transformative uh, uh, sort of entrepreneurial uh, scientists and, and engineers that have built world-changing uh, companies here in Canada based on those discoveries. I think that's that's the opportunity. I don't know if we're there yet. Um, we need to definitely move away from just resource mining-based type companies and let's build companies that could change kind of the world and, and the ways that mean the most here in Canada. That 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 is awesome. And can I say, you know, if we're going to say we, we move in twenty year chunks in terms of technology or you know ev evolutions, I can see your name coming up when people are asking, you know. So you, to 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 have a to have the the banting banting and best, and now Tamron will have it. We 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 we, we think that should be there too. Definitely would be a team effort. But uh, no, I appreciate the, the the sentiment, the comment. I really do, Chris. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking part, and you know, keep keep doing the great work that you're doing. Awesome. Well, in, enjoy your, your time uh, in, in Korea uh, and enjoy your last bibimbap before you fly back to Vancouver. And uh, Awesome. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Ahoy, afternoon tea listeners. If you got this far, I assume you like this episode and that is awesome. Thank you. In such a case, please rate and review Afternoon Tea Podcast and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your feeds from. 
Afternoon Tea is a podcast with a goal to share the stories of Canada's successful tech entrepreneurs in order to prepare the next wave of founders. We do have some great guests lined up for future episodes, but we would love to hear your thoughts too. Please do let us know who you think should be on the show. You can do so by emailing me at podcast at ttt.studio. That is P-O-D-C-A-S-T at T-T-T, that is three T's, dot studio. You will notice there is no dot com because we are that sophisticated. Furthermore, you can find us at social media at T-T-T underscore studios. I look forward to chatting with you soon. <laughs>